You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and I am your host, Joe Gooley. Hi, I'm back in the saddle. We are doing our Listener's Choice episode, and with me I've got Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota. Tony, you kind of gone solo a couple times, a little rogue on me this week. No, I'm just kidding, you're not rogue, but you've got to... No, no, I absolutely went rogue on you this week. I was just like... <laughs> Uh, Joe drew first blood, and then I like started going on a podcasting rampage this week. I, I feel like I got Italian job done that one. I don't even know what that is. Is that like a mafia hit? No, it's just a terrible movie with uh, Edward Norton and Marky Mark Wahlberg. Ah, okay, okay. I mean, I've I've heard of the movie, but I don't know anything except that it's called the Italian Job. It's a heist. And then they get a double, it's a backstabbing that takes place as well. Are they all Italians? No. No. Mark They're Wahlberg not even Italian? Are you kidding me? No. Hey, I'm heisting here. Speaking of other countries, did you know that uh, Minnesota's favorite state is Canada? You know what? That that kind of checks out. Doesn't, it isn't, uh, isn't like Manitoba's favorite province, Minnesota? I mean, you would think so, right? Right? Especially uh, up in the angle, you know, that highly disputed territory. Yeah, I saw the uh, I saw that map today of, like, everyone's favorite, every state's favorite state, and uh, I think, uh, who do you think got snubbed the most out of, uh, out of the rest of the states? Oh, snubbed the most? Yeah, because it's really passive-aggressive, don't you think? And and don't get me wrong, that's perfectly Minnesotan. But it's very passive-aggressive to uh, to say, you know what? I'm looking at <laughs> uh, I'm looking at Wisconsin. I'm looking at Iowa. I'm looking at the Dakotas, and uh, my favorite state's Canada. <laughs> right? Yeah, it is kind of funny because <laughs> we certainly don't like the Dakotas, Wisconsin, or Iowa. I mean, talk to any Minnesota fan; they hate Iowa football. They can't stand Green Bay fans and the dakotas it's just really flat yeah i mean i don't i don't uh i don't have any problem snubbing the dakotas like i i personally don't hate those those states because they uh we we found out going through that (laughs) we actually have some listeners from there so i personally don't hate the five star the five state area but if you're uh, listening to this near from north or south dakota don't worry you're one of the good ones yeah, you know, it's funny as I bet you they're like, yeah, well, you know what? It checks out. <laughs> I can see North Dakota from my house. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I'm i curious, um, being that Canada is actually a foreign country. Yeah. Do you have a favorite state? Uh, I can't say Minnesota, right? You cannot say the state that you live in, correct? Okay. Uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> really okay yeah what's wrong with wisconsin i, I mean you got new Blair's beer madison's <laughs> pretty fun have you been to like western wisconsin though there's some real like ed gein stuff going on back there in like podunk usa you know what you're not gonna you're not gonna make a bratwurst without cracking a few intestines <laughs> as they often say in wisconsin i'm sure they do so, I mean, the sausage is the big thing, right? I'm guessing your favorite state's got to be California. I do like California, and regardless of like the whole politics, I just love like the terrain and the the weather and all that. Um, but uh, you know what state is really, really underrated? 
if you're just talking about like overall natural booty beauty natural <laughs> booty yeah that's california too <laughs> uh, you natural said it, be- i didn't <laughs> natural beauty is actually utah wow utah huh yeah they've got really really goofy ass like liquor laws they have like, the best 2.2 percent beer in the country i'm sure oh it's nothing like buying three two beer in a bar and they have to like don't they have to prepare it like prepare any alcoholic beverages behind a curtain uh maybe i'm being like really like uh unfair to utah maybe maybe that's changed up but i'm pretty sure like if you order like any sort of alcoholic drink at a restaurant where there are kids they mm-hmm. have to prepare it from behind a curtain <laughs> that's just ridiculous i i so I was there for work one year and driving through the mountains, freaking gorgeous. Flying into Salt Lake City, freaking gorgeous. Uh, Park City, Utah, where we stayed, uh, freaking amazing, right? Just amazing. And we're at this event after this thing, and I'm just drinking a beer, talking with a couple of the higher ups at work, and just having a good time. And my, uh, my, Co-worker comes over to me. He's like, hey, uh, I bet you're not feeling anything after that. I'm like, no, nah, not really. I, but I didn't I'm not really like sucking it down too hard here. And uh, he goes, well, it's three, two beer. And I'm like, wait, what? We're in a bar. And he goes, no, it's, it's three, two. Check the label. So sure enough, I check the label and I go back. Yeah, I'll take a shot of tequila because apparently the booze was legit. It was just like the beer was weaker than weak. The uh, the tequilas three two tequila. Oh man, could you imagine? That'd be the worst headache ever. <laughs> Not even worth it. Triple distilled, and we just take all the we actually the Utah gets all the uh, impurities. Yeah, we <laughs> they get that, all the alcohol out. <laughs> they get that. They get the impurity badge. That's pure potato <laughs> you're drinking when you when you get a vodka. They just give you a potato. <laughs> It's oh gross. They give you a box of Betty Crocker's au gratin potatoes, but they take out the cheese packet. Um, I think it's funny how, according to that map, like the whole deep south of like Louisiana, Tennessee, I don't know if it's really deep south, but Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia all point to like Florida as their favorite state. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you see everyone fighting over what the Midwest is and isn't this week? I think I did see that, yeah. What's the Midwest to you? All right, I'll just read you states and you tell me if they're Midwest yeah, or not. Yeah, so th- here's the thing. Like, I know I got a general idea of what it is, but to me, like, I don't necessarily feel like some of the states really fit into the Midwest feel. But go ahead and list the states. All right, uh, is North Dakota Midwest to you? Yes. So, uh, obviously, South Dakota. Yep. It's not the, it's not the South. Um, anything east of, uh, or west, sorry, anything west of North Dakota, so like Montana, Wyoming, no. Colorado, none of those are the Midwest to you? No. All right, uh, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin? Yes. Michigan? Michigan, yes. All right, uh, let's, uh, let's go a little trickier. Would you say that Indiana and Illinois is the Midwest? Yes. All right, how about Nebraska? I do not consider Nebraska. Okay, why is that? I just feel it's hmm, you see, I just feel like it's I mean, it's a plain state. I never really thought it had the same kind of culture as the rest of the Midwest. So you're out on Kansas too? Yes. How about Missouri? 
Missouri's goofy, like, because I think St. Louis can fit in there, but Kansas City doesn't feel like a, a Midwestern city to me. Isn't Kansas City technically north of St. Louis? Uh, I think it is. I think technically, yes. But it's it's weird, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I gotcha, I gotcha. Like, because I, I know, so we, we, at work, we have people that we talk with a lot from the Independence, Kansas City area, and Olathe, Kansas. Mm-hmm. And they all talk almost like Southern. So I don't really feel like this, like Midwestern sensibility from them. Okay. We said Michigan, right? Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, Ohio. No, that's the one that I get hung up on. I feel like it's too far East. Okay. So I'm guessing Kentucky's too far South. Yeah. Kentucky right, so. feels like Tennessee and the rest of like Dixieland. So we got the Midwest. We got, uh, we got, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, and the, let's say, the eastern part of Missouri. Yes, that that sounds about right. All right, we figured it out. There we go. It's weird when you think about the etymology of where Midwest came from. I mean, it sounds like it was just like, a, hey, we know there's more beyond the Appalachians, but... Uh, you know, we're going to call you like the middle. <laughs> you're 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 sort of the west. <laughs> but anyone who listens to our podcast is midwestern, right? I agree so. Yeah. All right. So, uh so our listeners out in in Sweden and Finland, I know there's at least one. Uh guess what? You're midwestern, don't you know? Don't you know? Bring us a hot dish. <laughs> uh Speaking of, let's go ahead and take our first break, and we're going to get into our listener's choice episode here. We've got some good ones here. Uh, So let's go ahead and do that right now. You're listening to Locked on Wild. And welcome back to Locked on Wild. I'm your host, Joe, and with me again is Tony, and we are going to get into your listener's choice topic. And, Tony, we got one here. We got two. We got Yeah, we got a couple of them here, but uh, let's be uh, accurate. (laughs) <laughs> this is sloppy oh jeez god you're yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i'm leading this ship damn it and i anyway. guess i'm going down with it oh, oh that's not very nice now you now now you're taking pot shots we're all right riffing too hard i think we are let's stop riffing I, well if we can rip as fast as uh billy corgan and cherubrock at 1.5 speed yeah, <laughs> I was just showing Joe yeah, that. Yeah, I just had to listen to that. That was uh, very Guns N' Roses-like, actually. Uh, yeah, there's a podcast, uh, and I know like you're not supposed to say the name of another podcast on a podcast or whatever. Uh, your favorite band sucks has an episode on Smashing Pumpkins, <laughs> and they made the observation on there that Smashing Pumpkins at 1.5 speed sounds just like Guns N' Roses, and it's a theory that proves universally true. <laughs> Frighteningly enough, but we're, we're riffing is, is for the first segment. I'm very sorry, Joe. Let's, yeah. let's attend to the matters at hand. All right. So we got this from Kelly Riley on Twitter. If you could pick three Iowa wild players to finish the season with the Minnesota wild, who would they be? All right, Joe, I think, uh, I think you might want to start. Yeah. I think the no brainer here is uh, Jerry Mayhew. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a no-brainer. He's got 31 goals now. I don't know if the Iowa Wild play tonight. Maybe he's got even more, but he's like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, he he did play. <laughs> he he's he's got like basically 
a goal a game in Iowa right now. Like, mm-hmm. or, or, I mean, it's not a goal a game, but it's almost, it, it's basically a goal a game. Yeah, and, he's, he's certainly uh, affecting the offense with 1.23 points per game. It is, uh, it is absolutely stupid how good he has been in the AHL this year and and he definitely does deserve a, a choice. Uh I'm not going to I'm not going to do any repeats, so I'm going to say Capo Kakinen. Let's go. Really? Okay. Yeah, let's let's have him up. Let's let's have him in that backup role. Uh, you know, you're you're kind of I guess my thing is and and I'm sorry to Alex Taylock who like good guy, like that that's awesome. South St. Paul. Uh we <laughs> love we love our listeners in South St. Paul. And uh, if Alex Daylock is a listener, then we love Alex Daylock too. Uh, okay. But I would say just like, what are you doing with Capo Kakinen in the AH? I mean, yeah, I know what you're doing in, in terms of like getting him work and, and development. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you've got problems at goalie yep. now with Dubnik not playing well. And, and Staylock's upside is only so much, you know. So, yep. I, you know, we've got 30 games left. Give Capo Kakinen some. Let, let's see him. Let's see him roll with 10, 15 games in the NHL, and and have a better idea this off season, going into this off season, of what you got with Kakinen. I so I actually was thinking down that same line as you, but I decided against it because I was kind of more ilk like, no, let him finish the season, let him have a full season in the AHL, and and really show what he, he is worth down there because last year like too. like last year he got off to a really hot start and then kind of faded let him really finish this season see the Iowa wild through the playoffs that kind of thing and then give him an opportunity to really come in next year fresh and uh and, and have a shot at doing that kind of backup role sort of or whatever you want to do uh next season uh, with the way the roster is expected to turn over as well. So I kind of held off on that. Like, I, I, I think he certainly played himself into a position where, like, yeah, bring him up, let him play. At the same time, I'm kind of like, eh, maybe maybe you don't want to win this rest of this year <laughs> to hurt those draft chances. So uh, maybe start fresh next year. All right, your next guy. I We have talked about him before. And uh, I went with Brennan Minnell. Good pick. Good pick. The The choice here, or the reason here is in 41 games played, he's got uh, 33 points with four of them being goals. Uh, a nice, solid defenseman. He is a little bit smaller, but nice and solid down there in Iowa. Um, and he's a real actual prospect for this wild team. And I'm assuming that one of, if not more than one, of the wild defensemen are moved here at the trade deadline that this is a perfect time to bring him up and, and let him play and let him get uh, acclimated to the NHL. Uh, my guy, my next guy is, is no one. Anyone will find surprising Sam Annis. I just want to see him on a line with Jerry Mayhew in the NHL. They mm-hmm. do so well in the AHL that it's like, okay, like what could you do in the NHL? Maybe you beef him up defensively by putting Felino aside from them if you decide to keep Felino. Uh or, you know, like you can also add, you know, someone like Jordan Greenway or um yeah. or Jules Erickson Eck if you want them to be defensively sound. Like I would be interested in seeing those lines 
as much as I want Jewel Eric. If Jewel Erickson Eck can't be in a top six role, <laughs> then at least put him between Sam Annis and Jerry Mayhew and see what they can do. And watch magic happen. Yeah, watch it happen. I uh, I agree. Give Sammy a chance. I think that'd be fantastic. I do. I decide because I brought up the defenseman, I did not bring him up for this season. So that That's was partly on my list. But uh, Sam Annis, certainly worthy of a shot. And if uh, certainly more forwards and things like that get uh, moved at the trade deadline, bring him up, give him a shot, see what you have, maybe showcase him for maybe uh, perhaps like an off-season trade or something like that. Because he is getting to that age where it's like either you give him a shot or you, you, you at least give him, you know, give him a chance or at least you, you give him a chance somewhere else. So, mm-hmm. so. Uh, and for your third guy, do you have somebody picked out? Yeah, I'll go next too. That's fine. Okay. Um, so this is one that, like, I I, I think that uh, that is pretty out of left field in terms of like, oh, do they have room to put him up? N- no. Is he gonna be your you know second or third choice? Maybe even to to be called up for forwards? I don't think he is, or at least not on this team. But, man, I would love to see Dimitri Soklov come up. And he's, you know, a fourth-line guy that you play for, like, maybe, like, five (laughs) minutes of of even strength ice time a night. Uh, But you also say, like, hey, you have a big, heavy shot, and you're good on the power play. You're just our power play guy. And I I, I think that uh, that, that's something that could really benefit the Wild if they wanted to get creative with someone like Dmitry Sokolov. I I had him on my list as well. He's got uh, 11 goals and 28 games played with 16 points uh, before the All-Star break for the AHL. I know he was kind of heating up there with uh, showing up on the score sheet a lot. He's heating up! (laughs) With, with, With Sokolov, my whole thing is I was... Remembering the uh, the Straight from the Source podcast that Michael Russo had with John Torchetti, former Iowa Wild and Houston Arrows coach. Former Iowa Wild. Yeah, exactly. Chowder. Yeah. So, former Iowa Chowder. He also coached uh, Alexander. Minnesota Chowder. <laughs> Charlie Coyle. <laughs> That's not what your Chowder can do for you, but what you can do for your Coyle. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but I, I, but I, I keep thinking back to when Torchetti, cause he also coached, uh, uh, Alexander Hovanov in Moncton, who has been having a fantastic season. And he kind of said like, look, he'd give Havanov a chance next year, give him a taste in the NHL because this kid's probably going to work and, and want to stay in that, in the NHL. And if he's going to be in Iowa, he might skip town and go to the KHL which I know worried uh, some people at, at, you know, when, when that was first said, I think that if you kind of play the same philosophy with Dimitri Sokolov, but let him get a taste, let him see if he can be successful. Maybe something clicks with like, Hey, this is, uh, these guys are fast. These guys are really good. I've got to figure this out. If I want to be at this level, there's a reason why I haven't made it. You know, I can't just expect that I got to work harder. Uh, I got to take my, my diet or my conditioning or whatever it is that seems to be holding Dmitry Sokolov into the minors, uh, holding him back that maybe it clicks. Maybe you play those, those, 
that philosophy. Like, look, we're going to maybe give you some time now and, uh, and we're going to let you see what you have, but don't think that this is like a, a for sure deal of coming into next year. We want to see improvements too. So I think my whole reason for Dmitry Sokolov coming up and finishing the season would be specifically for like that psychological warfare with, uh, with the prospect to try to get, uh, um, something to click and and maybe him to mature a little bit faster than what he's doing right now in the AHL. Me, I just say big shot go boom. Big shot go boom. <laughs> like bam bam running out there with a big stick, right? Hitting everything. I'm not, I'm not thinking too I'm not thinking too deep. You got like nine dimensional chess going on with Dimitri Sokolov. I'm just like, <laughs> hey you have a big shot. Let's see it on the power play. <laughs> Uh, but I think you know, mo- for the most part, though, we're on on par there with uh, with Sokolov, and um, certainly you had Sam Annis in there. Uh, I had Brendan Manel because I, I think the defenseman idea, um, but no no brainer with Jerry Mahe. I think we're going to take one more break here, and then we'll get into another topic. Maybe try to squeeze in a second one. Who knows? But. Uh, uh, we'll- We'll get back here and uh, finish out your week here on Locked On Wild. And welcome back to Locked On Wild. Uh, it's Joe and Tony here for your listener's choice every Friday. Don't forget, you send in your topics either via email or via Twitter at Locked On Wild or Locked On Wild at gmail.com. We appreciate all of your submissions and feel free to send them in as early as possible. Um, we certainly like to uh, not be scrambling at the end for, uh, for topics. So uh, I appreciate uh, all of you that did send them in uh, for today's episode. So Tony, yeah, what's the up? Next, next topic is about the masked men in the cages. Who put Batman in jail? <laughs> I mean, he should be in jail because I like superheroes do so much collateral damage that (laughs) that doesn't get addressed. I want to see a movie that addresses that. I guess Will Smith kind of made a movie that that did that. Yeah, but like, did you ever watch The Incredibles? Because they kind of did the same thing. Did they? Okay, I never watched The Incredibles. I did. I did watch the Will Smith movie. Yeah, no, The Incredibles. They had to basically go into hiding because. well, they caused too much collateral damage, and the, the the public didn't want them around anymore. So as, they had to, as they should. Like yeah, I don't no. think uh, I don't think that uh, that a bunch of 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 powerful people, just a small handful, should uh, should be running around doing whatever they want and uh, and being vigilantes. That sucks. Although I t- I was talking about the masked men, and you're I think Batman's the caped crusader. Oh. He, well, yeah. he wears a mask, just like sure. all the Scooby-Doo bad guys. By the way, by the way, that should tell you something, right? If all the Scooby-Doo guys <laughs> wear a mask and they're evil, but Batman is also wearing a mask, that must mean that Batman is evil. Must be. Uh, it's it's If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C, right? Absolutely. It's all called right. the uh, It's called the theory of... Things being the same. Transitive properties. (laughs) (laughs) Go public schooling. All right. Uh, (laughs) uh, So Kelly Riley also asks, goaltending situation in the offseason. Also, not sure about much about you guys know about uh, Barry Trotz's goaltending coach that coaches with him. 
but the guy seems very successful. Would the wild ever make a change of a coach? And I'm going to double back on Tony, the demon. You're not the demon, Tony. Yeah. I'm very explicitly Tony, the not demon, right? You're, you're Oh hi, Tony. Yeah. But this is Tony, the demon. Very nice. Capo Kakinen looked pretty solid in his brief stint with the wild earlier this season. Is it too early to consider him the future starter of the team after Dubnik's departure? Does Minnesota need to strongly consider drafting a guy like Yaroslav Askarov in the draft, who uh, I think we talked a little bit about uh, some of the draft, or at least maybe this was off air or something like that. I forget now. This whole week is blurred. But uh, Askarov is projected to be a first-round goalie as well. So, Tony, let's start with the, the goalie coach situation. Do you think that the Wild would ever make the change of uh, Bob Mason? Um, I, I, I think that the answer is if you're looking at this from just like a, a cold organizational standpoint rather than like, oh, okay, uh, this is, you know, a, a person who has been part of the organization for 20 years, uh, probably a, a very nice guy, probably has, has had some, uh, some very good things that he's done with the job that we may not be super privy to, but, I think Bob Mason's been around the organization from the very start. I think so, yeah. I think that's correct. So Bob Mason's been around for 20 years, and, you know, who knows exactly where... Or I, I'm not I'm not looking to assign, like, a percentage of blame to him for this, but when you look at the Minnesota Wild throughout their history, have they ever really developed a starting goalie from within? I, I guess you could argue that Josh Harding would have been that guy had he mm-hmm. not been, uh, had he not uh, contracted uh, MS. I, mm-hmm. I think that's a reasonable thing to say. But on the other hand, like you have, you know, a lot of guys who have come up through the organization who've looked good and, you know, for one reason or another, uh, didn't pan out. I'm thinking uh, of Darcy Kemper as, as probably the uh, the most glaring example of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Darcy Kemper had potential when he came up, and for whatever reason, they could not get the most out of him here. And right. he goes to Arizona, and he's able to uh, he's able to click somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And you know that that's not really the kind of success story that you see too often in Minnesota now. I think that Minnesota's done a pretty good job with uh, with veteran guys bringing in veteran guys sure. and having them do well behind the defense. But when you know when you're doing that, you're generally taking older players, right? Uh, Devin Dubnik was the latest example of that. But even yep. uh, before then, like Dwayne Rollison, uh, Man- I don't think Manny Fernandez was a particularly young goalie when he was through. No, he uh, was a league veteran. Nicholas Backstrom. Uh, I mean, he was a rookie in Minnesota, technically, but he'd been pre- playing pro hockey in Finland. Uh, or uh, Yes, Finland for, for years uh, before then. So I think he came over to Minnesota when he was, I think, in his mid to late 20s. So I'm, I'm, if I'm remembering right, and I'm not looking this up right now, but I think it was either, either 26 years old or 28 years old. But he was a much older, quote-unquote, rookie. And I, I think what you're going to want to do with this team, if you're Bill Guerin, is you're going to want to build a solid goalie pipeline. And and you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say uh, I, I'm not gonna say anything past this. But 
I I am gonna say like is Bob Mason the the person who's going to be able to develop that pipeline of goalies? I don't know, but the the track record, if you're looking at it, it it, it there there's not been too many success stories in terms of taking a, a guy from the draft and making him an NHL starter. And I will say this: I think Bob Mason has, mo- for the most part, done a decent job here in Minnesota with goaltenders. Has he been the best? It's tough to say what effect he's really having on. I think his best years was, was it the, the 14, the, the 13, 14 season. I think the wild had like something like five goalies start a game. And it was, uh, I think that was the Brisgolov year that Kemper finally came up that year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Backstrom, Harding, Harding started the season. And then, yeah, John Curry was also in there as well. And the this balancing act that they had to do this patchwork um, sort of zombie Frankenstein goalie that they had to put together uh, in, in the cage for the wild to make that postseason was probably his best job he's done in Minnesota. Uh, you brought up the development thing and I've harped on that for a long time. I've written a couple of articles on it as well. I think and and one other thing that I want to bring up too about Bob Mason is like, you know, we've saw Nicholas Backstrom really take a downturn late in his career. Um, we saw, we see Devin Dubnik really kind of falling off a cliff here a little bit as well. Um, and that happens as goalies age and, and both of those guys, it should be said, were locked into contracts that were probably too long. And you're right. There's certainly an age factor, but we've also seen other goalies, you know, 30 plus that seem to be just, uh, I'm not going to say like ageless, but they still put up relatively great numbers. I mean, sure. They might be hall of famers, but there it's still one of those things where it's like, is he adapting his coaching style to an older goaltender? Is he, is he, is he getting much out of an older goaltender? And if, if the wild, I can't figure out a way to to develop a goaltender, well, they're going to be getting older guys. And so they have to figure out a way to get the most out of them for the length of their contract, not just three quarters of it. All right. uh, Let's go. And we're going to pivot away from the coaching aspect and talk about, I guess the more personnel side of these Mm -hmm. questions. Uh, yeah. So the, the second question there about with, from Tony, the demon about Cabo Kakinen and do we need to consider him the future, uh, after Dubnik's departure? And then also does the wild need to strongly consider drafting a guy like, uh, Askarov in the draft? I would be very interested in, in seeing someone like Askarov drafted, uh, by the wild this year, like maybe not with a top five pick, but if you're sitting at, you know, the normal spot, 10, 11, and 12, and I think by... The normal spot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, if you're sitting around there and he's there, like, he's supposedly a generational goalie prospect in a way that uh, Spencer Knight wasn't. And mm-hmm. Knight went 13. Now, you could say that Knight was a reach, and if Minnesota had drafted Knight with uh, with the 12th overall pick last year, I probably would have been on here calling it a reach. But I mm-hmm. think with Askarov, if you can get him in the... 9 through 12 range, maybe, maybe even 8 through 12 range, uh, that would be an intriguing prospect for me mm-hmm. because I don't think that you can consider Capo Kakin in the future. I think uh, I think he 
uh, looked solid in a couple of games. Mm-hmm. I think he looked shaky in a couple of games. And, and yeah. you know, he, he's not a guy who had the, the, the elite pedigree coming up. And I, I don't know. Like, and his numbers have been fine in the AHL, but they've also just kind of been fine. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure how much I trust Kakanen for long term. What I kind of think they need to do is I think they need to get a guy to stop gap between now and the goalie of the future because I don't think that you can uh, trust Kapo Kakanen to, to make 40 starts going mm-hmm. forward. Right. I don't think that you can uh, that you can guarantee yourself Matt Robson will do the same. I think if you can get a youngish guy to step in and and that you can trust to be a starting goaltender or a 1A or a 1B or however you want to do it, I think that is something that Minnesota should definitely pursue in the offseason, regardless of what happens with their prospects. Because, um, you know, if you draft a, a Yaroslav Askarov, that's really good. Um, Carter Hart has been, like, an elite goalie prospect uh, for a long time, but now he's in the NHL at the age of uh, 21. He had mm-hmm. an okay year last year, and, and he's really struggled this year. So, I, you know, I, I don't know when you can expect to get something out of Askarov, and it would sure be nice if you could have a goalie over the next four years. Maybe uh, maybe there's a, a trade involving... I'm, uh, I've thrown this out before as someone to maybe target, but uh, if you could get Matt Murray in here and mm-hmm. turn him around, um, and, and you know, and, and he is in here for three, four years while you get a goalie ready, man, I think that's uh, that's a real good thing that uh, that Minnesota could do. I've been banging the drum for the Wild to draft a goalie higher than the fifth round, and uh, they finally did that last season by trading up and drafting uh, Hunter Jones. I think in the th- the second or third round. And uh, uh, last summer, and um, and he certainly is having a very solid season in, with uh, Peterborough, and um, and he certainly seems to have some promise there. But you need to have more than just one guy with a lot of promise and one guy that you've drafted high. Kapokakinen surely looked good, but you're right; he did look a little shaky, and his numbers have only been so so. So he'd have to something would really have to click with him. Mm-hmm. And I think Matt Robson got off to a really hot start. He's really cooled off. And now this is going to be his first full pro season. So it could be just a, an adjustment for him. But uh, I, I think that we ran in the situation with the wild when they had both Mac, Matt Hackett and Darcy Kemper, they decided to send one packing. Now Matt Hackett, you know, went to Buffalo and he Matt Hackett had to pack it. <laughs> he, he certainly fizzled out in Buffalo and nothing really came much of it. You're saying Darcy, he couldn't make it. He couldn't hack it. Ah, oh, darn it. That was the joke. That was the joke. <laughs> and, uh, and Darcy Kemper was when he was on, he had that, that uh, kind of that swag, that swagger that he played with and he looked absolutely dominant, but, he was a total head case. He was a player that couldn't get out of his head. The Wild certainly need more than just what they have right now. I know they've got uh, Philip Lindbergh, who's having a solid season. They've got uh, Hunter Jones, who's having a solid season. And they've got Robson and Kakanen, who've been mostly serviceable in, in Iowa and have played relatively well to a, you know, a high 
spot in the Western Conference of the AHL. Now, they just need more. Yeah, and for the they, love of God, too, don't worry about like, oh, they they have too many goalies for uh, for the AHL. They already got two goalies in the AHL. Uh, mm-hmm. No, they, they don't have too many goalies. Get more. If you have to loan them out to another AHL club, do that. If you have to loan them to a, to a foreign club, do that. If you have to send yeah. them to the ECHL, do that. You can't have too many goalies. I, yeah, absolutely. You can't have too many goalies. And um, because it's such a weird position to develop and such a weird position to really see the fruit of it, I think that a first round pick of like Askarov or even just like in the, again, another top, you know, goalie pick in the, in the, in the first three rounds is not a bad idea to go about it. Uh, because assuming those guys in those, in the first three rounds have some legitimate talent over the guys that are in like the fifth, sixth and seventh rounds. Uh, I think that you got to go with the talent just like you would a skater. Now it's a different talent and it's maybe harder to quantify and so it's a little bit harder to hit on those, but I think you got to go for it. I think you got to try and, and get as many in into your organization as, as, as possible. All right, Tony, I think we're kind of coming up here towards the end of the show. I think we uh, battled a little bit of the, uh, the goaltenders here and also talked about uh, our, uh, our top three wishes for uh, Iowa wild players. So Tony, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ohio Tony. You can also find my work at the Athletic Minnesota. If you have not checked out my trade value rankings yet, please do, do so. They're really good. I worked really hard on them. <laughs> you certainly worked on them. Aww. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just giving you crap. We're riffing too hard again. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, Didn't okay. even get well. personal when we argued this year or this week. Well, we had two uh, too many nights away from each other. Yeah, just camp fighting. <laughs> All right. And then uh, so you can find him on uh, The Athletic Minnesota as well. Um, you can find my work on zonecoverage.com. You can follow me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. That's J-O-E-B-O-U-1-5. And, uh, yeah, follow me personally there. And uh, I, I'm going to have an article here coming up uh, for next week as well. So that will do it for this week of Locked on Wild and this episode as well. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. It certainly does help us and shows that you support. We love reading those five-star reviews and makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Oh, wait, that's just the rum and the that I had earlier tonight. So (laughs) Uh, anyways, uh, uh, you can also follow the uh, podcast on Twitter. Just look it up at locked on wild. That's spelled out completely. So locked on wild. You can also, like I said, uh, send in your listeners choice topics as well as mailbag because we do an early week mailbag bag every week. Just send it in to locked on wild at gmail.com. That'll do it. And thank you for listening to Lockdown Wild. And be sure to check us out Monday through Friday, every Monday through Friday, to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day.